Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbaji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Odekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH 11 7EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go. The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. A spirit being cannot be limited. A spirit being can be anywhere and everywhere at every given time. So Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is to your advantage. Why? Because when Jesus was here on earth, when somebody dies, everybody have to come and call Jesus. My daughter is dead. Come to my house and resurrect her. But now you don't need to go and tell Jesus, come to my house. Somebody can be dead in Johannesburg. You can be in London. You can send the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, raise him up. Raise her up. And it will be instant. Well, um, we've started a journey on learning about the Holy Spirit. And last week, what did we learn about? What did we learn about last week? The Holy Spirit, our, our helper. The Holy Spirit, our helper. And uh, today, we'll be digging deeper in Jesus' name. Uh, turn with me, please, in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 14. The book of John chapter 14, verse 26. And I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible. John chapter 6, sorry, John chapter 14, verse 26, and I'll be reading from the Amplified Bible. I read, it says, but the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything I have told you. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. Tonight I'm teaching on the, the subject I have titled The Holy Spirit our comforter. The Holy Spirit, our comforter. We are living in a world of turmoil, a world of challenges, a world where people are going through difficulties. If right now I should ask everybody to tell me their problems, you will be shocked the kind of problems people are going through. Everyone is going through one form of problem or another. People are going through challenges. That's why God in his wisdom made provision available for us so that before we get into those challenges, Help is already being made available. Hallelujah. But like I've always said, help can be available for you, 
But if you don't have revelation knowledge, you will not be able to access the help that is available for you. I'll give you an example. In this room, for instance, there are different frequencies in operation. For instance, the mic that I'm using operates on a different frequency. The mic that the choir used also operates on different frequencies. So that means there are different frequencies that are operating in this room right now. But you can't see it with your physical eyes. Why? Because you don't have what it takes to be able to access the frequency. Are you following me? This is very important. So, help has been made available for us, but because we don't have the right equipment to access the help, even though help has been made available, we are not getting that help. So, as a result of that, many are still going through difficulties and challenges. Are you following me? That's why Jesus said, I am leaving you, but as I'm leaving, I will not leave you comfortless. Very important. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. Why is that? Because you and I need the help of the Holy Spirit to help us in times of challenges. Say amen to that. Say a good amen to that. So, for instance, in John chapter 14, verse 18, Jesus said, I am leaving, but guess what? I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. How is he coming to us? He is coming to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. Did you get that? He is coming to us in the form of the Holy Spirit. So he said, I will not leave you comfortless or I will not leave you as orphans or I will not leave you desolate or I will not leave you bereaved or forlorn or helpless. I will come back and help you. Amen. Say amen. amen. So that means if Jesus has come to us in the form of the Holy Spirit, that implies that the Holy Spirit is everywhere at every given time. Is that correct? He is everywhere at every given time. That means before you get to tomorrow, the Holy Spirit is already there. But guess what? He manifests himself as already there in your tomorrow. He manifests himself as your comforter. So before the need of being comfortless arises, he has already made provision. But the reason why many are not able to access the provision is because they don't have an intimate or personal revelation of the Holy Spirit. So back to John chapter 14 verse 26, Jesus said, when I go, I will send you the helper. And last week we did, we did elaborate on different areas that the Holy Spirit helps us in. And one of them is in our weakness. In our weakness. So it's okay to be weak as a Christian. When you are weak, the Holy Spirit helps you. That's why the Bible says that let the weak say, I am strong. God knows you'll be weak. Are you following me? Sometimes, you know, you wake up in the morning or it's time to take your children to school and you wake up and you're weak. How many of you can testify? The alarm is waking you up but you snooze it. Within 10 minutes it's back again. You snooze it and you are wondering what's happening you are weak. Your body is physically weak. And I don't know how, especially mothers with babies, newly born babies, cope. They, because that baby is up all night. They have to take care of that baby all night. 
and then wake up in the morning and take the rest of the children to school. It's not easy. This particular woman in, in my children's school that comes to school every day late with her children. Every day late. Every day. When the bell has been rung and everybody's going home, that's when she's running. I look at her and I said, this woman needs the help of the Holy Spirit. Because it's not easy. In some countries, you don't need alarm to wake up. But in this country, it's like the air is, is being constricted. It's like, you know, when you are in the plane, the cabin pressure. It's, it's like that in this country. When you sleep and you want to wake up, it's like there's something pushing you down. <laughs> That's why you have to open your mouth and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Are you following what I'm saying? So, Jesus knows that you and I will go through some of these challenges. But he's made help available. As a pastor, one of the key things I have learned over the years is that you can never help anyone who does not need help. Or who you cannot help anyone who thinks they don't need help. You know they need help. But you cannot force help on them. Have you noticed that people that you know need help and you try to help them, they don't appreciate your help. But the only people who value and appreciate your help are those who need it and come to you and say, I need help. Please help me. So you see, the Holy Spirit is there, gentle. He is there. He, he is your helper. But until you ask him for help, he will not force himself on you. Are you following what I'm saying? So, help has already been made available for us before we go through the challenges or the vicissitudes of life. But we don't ask the Holy Spirit for help. And not only that, Jesus said, he's not only your helper, he is your comforter. He is your comforter. Babies need what we call a comforter or a soother to help them stop crying. When they are crying, there's something they are used to. A soother or a comforter to help them. How many do you still use a comforter? The way you're smiling, it looks like you. <laughs> you know. I went, to, I went to my children's school today and in the big class, I saw a lot of um, teddy bears. I said, look, these, all these 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds are still using comforts, comforters. But it's okay. You know, so they are looking for comfort in material things. Many people look for comfort in, in, in a bottle. Not the white bottle. <laughs> Praise God. Many people look for comfort in, in wrong, in, and most of the time, in the, all the wrong places. We go looking for comfort in all the wrong places. And when we go looking for such comfort, it actually makes our case worse. But guess what? God has already made comfort available for you. You don't have to access comfort externally. You can access comfort from within, internally. Internally, because guess what? The Holy Spirit is in you. Say amen to that. The Holy Spirit is in you. He is not outside of you. The Holy Spirit is in you. John chapter 14 verse 16. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter. 
that he may abide with you for how long? For how long? For how long? So that means the Holy Spirit, our comforter, he is with us forever. Now, he being with us forever as our comforter means sometimes we might not even feel his presence. But he's there. Let me say this. The Holy Spirit is not goose pimples. When you feel goose pimples, you think that's the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. So I say, oh, I feel goose pimples. I feel the Holy Ghost. No, that's your feeling flesh. The Holy Spirit is not goose pimples. Very important. So Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit is with you now. That means even when you are in a comfortless situation, the Holy Spirit is with you. Because his promise is he will be with you for how long? Forever. There are no conditions attached to his presence with you. That's why he says, I will pray the father and he will give you another comforter or another helper that he may abide with you. Say with me, he is with me. Say it like you mean it. Say he is with me. Say he is my comforter and he abides with me forever. John chapter 15 verse 26. Jesus again then said, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the father, even the spirit of truth, which proceeded from the father, he would testify of me. This is very important. Now he testifying of me, that means he will not contradict what I have already taught you. Any spirit that contradicts the sayings of Jesus and the Bible is not of God. Write that down. Any spirit that contradicts the sayings of Jesus and the Bible is not of God. Because remember, Satan can also manifest himself as light. Remember that, very important. So, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes to testify. He comes to confirm what Jesus has already said to you. It's very important. And as we go on this journey, there's so much you know about the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Oh, this is powerful. So that means the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to replace the works of Jesus. Now, remember, when Jesus was here on earth, he was only able to be at one place at one time. Remember that. But the Holy Spirit is omnipresence. He is not limited. Remember, after Jesus was glorified and he came back and he went to the disciples, the door was locked. Remember that. And Jesus didn't knock on the door, but he found himself with them. And they were wondering, how did he got in here? Because at that time, he's operating in the realm of the spirit. And nothing can contain or limit a spirit being. A spirit being cannot be limited. A spirit being can be anywhere and everywhere at every given time. 
So Jesus said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is to your advantage. Why? Because when Jesus was here on earth, when somebody dies, everybody have to come and call Jesus. My daughter is dead. Come to my house and resurrect her. But now, you don't need to go and tell Jesus, come to my house. Somebody can be dead in Johannesburg. You can be in London. You can send the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, raise him up. Raise her up. And it will be instant. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is everywhere at every given time. Everywhere at every given time. No limitation. No limitation. He cannot be limited. He is everywhere at every given time. The Holy Spirit operates just like God. Jesus had limitations. But the Holy Spirit has no limitations. He has no limitations. Jesus had limitations. The Holy Spirit has no limitations. Are you following what I'm saying? So when the Holy Spirit comes into you, he comforts you without any form of limitation. That's why Psalm 23 verse 4, the Bible says that, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's the Holy Spirit right there. So whilst you're going through the valleys of the shadows of death, the comforter is there. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is there with you. He will comfort you. Others are going through turmoil, challenges. But the Holy Spirit is there. He's comforting you. He's helping you. He's nudging you. You can do it. You can go through this situation. It's going to be all right. And before you realize, you come through that valley of the shadow of death without even knowing how you're able to come out of it. Because the Holy Spirit, your comforter, was there with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. It says, blessed be God, even the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. Somebody say, the God of all comfort. Oh, say it again. Say the God of all comfort. Have you gone through situations where people comfort you and it doesn't touch your spirit or soul? Yeah. But guess what? God, he is the father of mercies and he is the God of all comfort. Have you ever been through a situation and people look at you and say, as for this one, you will never recover. And then the God of all comfort shows up. And before they realize, you dust yourself up. You are playing some gospel music. You are dancing in the house. They meant to see you crying, but when they came, you were rejoicing. They wondered, are you okay? Are you psychologically okay? Are your brains in order? You say yes, because the God of all comfort stepped into that situation. Glory be to God. He's the God of all comfort. When the three Hebrew boys were in the burning fiery furnace, the God of all comfort showed up as the fourth man. You see, in the midst of challenges, he will comfort you. In the midst of difficulties, he will comfort you. Listen, 
If you look for comfort outside of God, it is short period. But the comfort in the Holy Spirit is everlasting. Verse 4. It says, the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all, not in some, in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. This is too powerful. <laughs> now, let me break this down. Let me break this down. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Father of mercies, and not only that, he is who is the God of all comfort. Verse 4, very key. Verse 4, it says, who comforts us in all, not some, in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. <laughs> so, guess what? The reason why the God of all comfort has to comfort you is because somebody else is going to go through the same tribulation, the same trouble you went through. Now, when they are going through that trouble, because the God of all comfort has comforted you, now you now becomes the comforter. Now you are able to comfort them. He said, who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able, we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble. How are you going to be able to comfort anyone or any, uh, someone who is in trouble that you have been through only because you have been comforted yourself by the God of all comfort. So you can tell that person, I went through this. God helped me. That's why we share testimonies. So you, the testimony is, I went through it. God helped me so God can help you. God did it for me. God can do it for you. God healed me. God will heal you. That's what happens when we testify. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with, with which we ourselves are comforted by God. <laughs> because the most powerful way of comforting people is to share your testimony with them. Once I was blind. But now I see. I was in debt. God helped me out of debt. Now I am blessing the world. That's you see, because He comforted you. Now you can comfort somebody. You see, that's why Christianity is real. Christianity is real. Christianity is not fake. That's why in this church, we are not looking for super spiritual people. Come just as you are. Come in your weakness. Come in your brokenness. I will show you how I was broken. And God took me out of the brokenness, out of the mary clay, and he set my foot upon the rock. That's his job. That's what he does. Hallelujah. The world is going through affliction. And the only solution they need is a real comforter. I'm telling you. <laughs> if you should have a CCTV camera to listen to what your neighbors are going through, <laughs> 
to watch what they are going through, their sufferings. You, you'll be sure. You say, I, I thought I was suffering, but uh, God, thank you for my portion. <laughs> you know, like Elijah, Elijah came and said, I'm, I'm the only prophet left. God said, Elijah, I have still 7,000 more who have not bowed down to bow. Don't think your case is so unique. Don't think you are the only one who is going through. There are others whose cases are worse than yours. Start thanking God for where you are. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 1. It says, so I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun and behold the tears of such that were oppressed and they had no comforter and on the side of their oppressors there was power but they had no comforter this is what the world is going through the world has no comforter they are being oppressed isn't it sad when Satan oppress you you go to Satan to comfort you. <laughs> How can Satan be the one oppressing you and you still go to Satan and say, Satan, I need your comfort. <laughs> That's what the world is going through. That's what the Bible is saying. It says, then I returned and considered all the oppression that is done under the sun. And look, the tears of the oppressed but they have no comforter. On the side of their oppressors, there is power, but they have no comforter. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't know the Holy Spirit. People are suffering. People are crying. They say the world is hard. You wonder which part of the world is hard. We are all living in this world. The difference between you and them is you have the Holy Spirit. On Sunday after the message on living lasting legacy, one of the members came to me and said, I wish I had this 20 years ago. I wish I had this, what you just taught today. I wish I had it many years ago. And I said to him, it's not too late. Are you following what I'm saying? The world is going through oppression. That's why the Bible says that there's, you know, Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60 from verse 1. It says, arise, shine, for your light is come. And the glory of the Lord is raising upon you. Verse 2. It says, for behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep or gross darkness the people. But the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. Verse 3, very important. It says, when you arise, it says, the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Say amen to that. Say a good amen to that. So you see, whilst there is darkness in the world and gross darkness the people, we are arising because the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Lamentations chapter 1 verse 9. Lamentations chapter 1 verse 9. It says, her filthiness is in her skirts. She remembering not her last end. Therefore, she came down wonderfully. She had no comforter. Oh Lord, behold my affliction. For the enemy had magnified himself. Like I said, woe on you. When the devil is the one afflicting you. And you go to the one who is afflicting you to comfort you. Lamentations chapter 1 verse 16. It says, for these things I weep. Mine eye, mine eye ran it down with water. 
because the comforter that should relieve my soul is far from me. My children are desolate because the enemy prevailed. My prayer for you is that at the most, before you hit a point of desperation, the comforter will show himself. Say a good amen. Amen. The comforter will show himself. And tonight, if we have time, I want us to pray just for five minutes that the, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, our comforter, will be there for us. So quickly, let's look at how does the Holy Spirit comfort us? How does the Holy Spirit comfort us? Number one, the Holy Spirit comforts us through people. The Holy Spirit comforts us through people. When you're in need of comfort sometimes, the Holy Spirit will send the right people your way. He will comfort you. You send the right people your way. Number two, the Holy Spirit comforts us through preaching. So sometimes you come to church, before you come, you're really down. You're really depressed. You're struggling with some issues. And then you come, and then you hear a word, and then you felt that the Holy Spirit is just comforting you. So the Holy Spirit comforts us through preaching. Number three, the Holy Spirit comforts us through meditation. Through meditation. Sometimes the Holy Spirit tells you to be peace. Be at peace. Just meditate on the word. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. Day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. For then thou shalt make your way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. Meditate on the word. Sometimes look for an environment of peace. Most of the time, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you in that environment, in that quiet environment. Sometimes you need to switch off the news, switch off the TV, switch off the radio, switch off your phone, go to a quiet place. Look for a place where your mind will only stay on him. Number four, number four, how does the Holy Spirit comfort us. The fourth way he comforts us is through the word. It's through the word. There is nothing like the word of God. <laughs> the word of God, the Bible says, is like a medicine. And you have to understand the process of how medicine works. Now, for instance, um, when we were very young and we had malaria, they'll give us uh, a certain tablet called quinine, quinine, quinine tonic or something. Quin, what is it? Quinine, quinine. And you know those tablets, they are very bitter. And your mom will say, the best way for this tablet to work is you have to chew it. You don't have to swallow it. Because if you swallow it, it will work. But the process, it takes longer to work. Because you have to go in there and digest. So you have to chew it. It's bitter, but you have to chew it. You have to chew it. Sometimes, the comfort you need is in the bitter part of the word. <laughs> You have to have a real encounter with the word. The scriptures are clear. It said, when the Lord asked me to eat the word first, it was bitter in my mouth. Now, that word bitter in my mouth there means the word is trying to comfort you 
in certain areas that you are not comfortable in. Are you following what I'm saying? So you have to chew that bitter pill. If you want the word to work fast. Now, if you don't want it to work fast for you, if you want your malaria to take time, seven days, eight days to go, swallow it. When you swallow it, it will will work, but it will take time. That's how the word works. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. The Bible says, the word of God, this is how it works. It's very important. Isaiah 55, verse 11. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth out from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So this is how the word works. When the word is sent to that situation, It has a one-way ticket. It does not come back the same. It goes and do what it has been sent for. Are you getting it? But it's a process. It's a process. We are living in times where everything is a microwave generation. People want a baby. They don't want to go through nine months. (laughs) they want it now they don't want to go through the process of having a baby people want a husband now 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 they want it yesterday no it don't work like that people want a wife now no there is something called process The first Adam came as a big man. Boom. The second and the last Adam came as a baby. Jesus Christ. God said the first Adam came with everything. The garden, he had everything to eat. All he had to do is to dress it and keep it. Everything he will ever need in life was there. But you see, he misbehaved. He wasted it. He abused it. He did not value it. That's why I tell parents, no matter how wealthy you are, no matter how rich you are, don't give your children everything they ask for at every time. Sometimes, let them work for it. Because they will value it more when they work for it. Have you noticed that most of the time, wealthy people who live wealth for their children, their children who don't go through the process, don't value it. They abuse the wealth. It finishes within a short period of time and they go back to poverty. Check people who win the lottery. No matter how much they win, millions, give them five years, they'll come back to zero. So we have to understand process. We have to understand process. If you ask God for something and it has not been given to you yet, it's, it's for your own benefit. It's for your own benefit. Are you following? I've come to this realization, I've come to this point in my life where I know one thing, that God will never mismanage my life. Never. And so because he will never mismanage my life, whatever he gives me at any point is the best. Are you following what I'm saying? God will never, he's too loving to mismanage your life and my life understand this that wherever God puts you is for a purpose you are not here by accident you are not in this church by accident 
You are not in this country by accident. It's for a purpose. Find out what the purpose is and fulfill your purpose. So the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Are you getting something out of this? Quickly, as we get ready to close, let's look at a case study of lost or loss, grief, and how the Holy Spirit steps in to comfort us, shall we? First Samuel chapter 30 from verse 1. First Samuel chapter 30 from verse 1. First Samuel for your information is in the Old Testament. Somebody say with me, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. our comforter. Or say like you need, you need the comforter. Say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Our, comforter. our comforter. So we are going to look at a classical case study of how a great king called David lost his two wives. Now we don't recommend that you have two wives in this. You know, we are just looking at this as an example. Praise God. <laughs> we are under grace and under grace, one wife is more than enough. Amen? One wife, one husband. Say amen. Yeah, hallelujah. So, David's two wives were taken. The city was burned down. His men's wives and children were also taken. And let's go and look at how the Holy Spirit helped him in this difficult time. Because listen, 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 listen. I'm not a pastor who doesn't know that members in this church are going through stuff. You don't need to tell me what you're going through. I already know. By the revelation of the Holy Spirit. I already know. Are you following what I'm saying? So, I will not come and stand here and teach you a pie in the sky, apple in the sky, and so on. I'll teach you practical stuff that will help you in your walk with God. Are you following what I'm saying? Because the word has to be relevant. That's why whatever we teach in this church is practical. You can apply it in every area of your life. Hallelujah. So, 1 Samuel chapter 30 from verse 1, I read, the Bible says, and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. Can you see the loss? So, David was on an attack, going to attack the camp of the enemy. The enemy also comes to attack their camp. And look at what they did. They invaded the south and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and they burnt it with fire. It's like somebody's business going through attack. Burnt with fire. Everything lost in fire. Their house, their property, everything lost. I have seen, you know, where there's been wildfire and a whole town has been ravaged with that fire. People lost properties and in most cases, you know, insurance companies, they'll tell you it's an act of God and they will not pay. Natural disaster act of God and they say this one, you know, <laughs> that's it. Your entire life savings, everything gone in the fire. You don't know how to go back and start all over again. That was David's situation. Everything was paint with fire. Everything he's worked for his entire life burned down. Verse 2, the Bible says that, and he had taken and, and had taken the women captives that were therein and slew not any, 
either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. The women there represents the future reproduction system of David and his entire army. So look at what the enemy comes for. Number one, he burns their whole assets down with fire. Number two, he takes away what to reproduce what he had destroyed away. He took the women. He had taken the women captives. The women are the reproduction cycle of that system. But he took them all away. That was what the devil did with Joseph. They took away his coat of many colors. They thought that was what was generating his favor. Can I tell you something? When the devil is coming to attack, he's not looking for material things. He's looking for what produces the material stuff. He came for the women. He took the women captive. I pray that nothing will take your reproduction system captive. Say a good amen. Amen. Verse 3. The Bible says that so David and his men came to the city. And behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. The sons and the daughters represent future seed. (laughs) They represent future seed. The future of this church is our children. That's why we don't take for granted our children. We get them involved in in things in the church because they are the future of this church. 50 years, 100 years to come, I might not be in this church. But then young ones will be taking up the mantle of this church. They are the future. That's why we have to be careful what we do with our future. We must never leave our future behind. That's why when we come to church, we come with our future. You don't know what you are doing. You are helping them generationally. Verse 3, the Bible says, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Verse 4, Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept. Until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever gotten to a point where you weep and weep, you weep till there's no more power to weep? You cry and cry until the tears is no more coming. You, you squeeze your eye, you grit it, no more tears, nothing, because it's finished. <laughs> the tears is gone. <laughs> it's God. Yes, he finished. You cry. You put water. Ooh. You put pepper. No tears. <laughs> no more water. It's God. <laughs> no. It's David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. That means they wanted to weep some more. But their power to weep was not there. (laughs) Hallelujah. You will not weep in the name of Jesus. Oh, say a good amen. I said you will not weep in the name of Jesus. Verse 5, the Bible says, And David's two wives were taken captives. Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. So, now, look at this scenario going on. David has not been exempted. David is a senior pastor. Now, most of the time, church members think that they are the only one going through trouble. They don't know that the senior pastor and his family are also going through trouble. 
they see the pastor come here to stand and preach all the time, they think everything is okay. I remember two years ago when my son was at the verge of death. At the point of death, we had a, an encounter and, 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 and God came through for us, but he was admitted at hospital for, for months. For months, right? was nearly a month. Yeah. I was here in church. I was preaching. People were laughing. Nobody knew what I was going through. I was preaching and laughing. That day I was also laughing. I was saying to myself, if these people know what I'm going through, they will not, they will not be laughing. But sometimes we have to present to you strength because what you see affects you. Because if I come and stand here and say, hey, we are all dying. Hey, we are all dying. They say, I look, even the pastor is dying. Why, why, what, what? No, no. I show you strength. I show you grace. I might be in pain, but I don't show you the pain. Why? Because I want you to see that even through your pain, you can still make it. Six, the Bible says that, and David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Say a good amen. Now, isn't it sad? The pastor is going through what you're going through and yet you take up stones. You want to stone him. You see, people, church members most of the time forget what the pastors are going through. David was going through the same situation. Two wives, children, lost properties. Yet these people that they all wept together, cried, forgot that David was also going through the same situation. The Bible says that, and David was greatly distressed. Now, he was distressed not because his wife has been captured, not because his things have lost, his children have been captured, but he was distressed because the people that he was with, the people said, let's stone him. Have you ever helped people and they look at you and say, what help? You helped me. You didn't help me. Have you helped people and they've thrown the help at your face before? That was the situation David was in. The people spoke of stoning him. They forgot about his losses. But I love one thing. The Bible says that in David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Sometimes you don't have to wait on no pastor. Sometimes you don't have to wait on no friend. Sometimes you don't have to wait on no one. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That is, you have to know God for yourself. You have to encourage yourself in the Lord. Tell God, Lord, you know what I'm going through? Strengthen me in this case. Now, that was the Holy Spirit encouraging him right there. Hallelujah. So quickly as we get ready to close. Let's look at some of the ways that the Holy Spirit comforts us. Number one, the Holy Spirit comforts us in times of failure. Sometimes when you feel like you have failed, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. The Holy Spirit comforts us 
in times of failure. At that point, David felt like a failure. Everything, he was leading these people and these people felt, said, will stone him. He felt like a failure. But he allowed the Holy Spirit to comfort him. Number two, the Holy Spirit comforts us through the loss of jobs. Sometimes, the job that you love, you lose it. And at that time, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. Ask him to comfort you. I've seen sometimes, maybe the husband being the only breadwinner in the family, maybe they've just got married. They had dreams together, buying a house together, going on holiday together. And then all of a sudden, after the honeymoon, he comes back and he loses his job. Everything that he's hoped for, gone. Allow the Holy Spirit to comfort you. Number three, the Holy Spirit comforts us through any form of losses. Materially, we saw it, David, the whole city was burned down. But he encouraged himself in the Lord. Number four, the Holy Spirit comforts us through the loss of loved ones. David lost his two wives, his children, but the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Number five, the Holy Spirit comforts us through the loss of investments. Sometimes everything you've put your, your life savings in, gone. Allow the Holy Spirit to comfort you. How many of you remember the, the songwriter, Amazing Grace? How sweet. Yeah. He lost all his investment. I think he was into salt business. He lost everything. He lost everything. He lost everything. Then on his way, he started singing, Amazing grace, thou sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was once lost, but now I'm found. But now I see. It doesn't matter what you've lost. You'll find it. Now when you read further in that scripture, verse 7, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that David prayed and asked God, shall I pursue? Shall I pursue? Verse 8 Shall I pursue? And the Bible says that, and the Lord said unto David, Pursue, overtake, for thou shalt surely recover all. The Bible says that, and David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him and said, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and thou shalt without fail recover all. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't know what you've lost in life. I've come to prophesy to you. You'll overtake. Amen. You'll pursue them. Amen. And without fail you'll recover all. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He comforts us when we are comfortless. He strengthens us when we are weak. He provides for us when there is nothing to fall upon. And my prayer is that in this season, as we are learning about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will comfort you. That you will not seek for comfort in the wrong places. You seek comfort in the Holy Spirit. For he is our comforter. In Jesus name.
Amen. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. Covenant is here again. Join host Pastors Adama and Zama Segbeji for Covenant 2019 with the theme, Let My Covenant People Go, with special guest speakers, Pastors Taiwo and Nomthi Odekoya from the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos, Nigeria. Guest artists include Lydia Cobbs, Victory Voices, and Vine Song. Dates are 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night. The venue is the Caris Center, West Green Drive, Crawley, West Sussex, RH117EL. Call 07938-494-294 or email info at solutionchapel.org. The website for more information is solutionchapel.org. Again, that's the 7th through the 9th, August 2019 at 7 each night at the Caris Center. Don't miss Covenant 2019. Let my covenant people go.